Welcome to the Leverage 3 podcast. This is a place where high performers bring you three tactics you can leverage today to impact your business and life. I'm Craig Shoemaker, and today's guest is Benjamin Bethay. Benjamin helps entrepreneurs thrive by creating a personal and professional alignment using the Strength Finder coaching method. Benjamin, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Craig. Great to be here. So your story, well, your story has a lot of different facets to it. Um, one of them kind of can be sort of expressed in the idea of transformation. So you started as a school teacher and now mm-hmm. you're an executive coach. And at even one point you had a collapsed lung and then you got yes. to the point where you ran 48 <laughs> miles in 48 hours. And the question that I always have for people who run great distances is who is chasing you and how did you finally get them to stop? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I, I put this tweet up about boundaries the other day and there's some, you know, some conversation around it and stuff. And somebody asked this question or like, Hey, who's like, who do you have the most difficulty setting boundaries with in your life? And I thought about it and I was like, well, you know, really there's only one person. It's just me. Right. Cause everything else is external. And so when you think about like, so that, that kind of is the driving question here for me. Like, who's chasing you? What are you chasing after? What's going on? Like, who are you fighting against? Who's like working with you? And it all comes down to you versus you. And my, my transition here, like I, I went through some trauma in 2019. Had a really, you know, it's kind of like a little pre-COVID surprise. Actually worked out well in hindsight because 2019 was like this terrible year. And then when COVID hit, it was like, oh, yeah, I can handle this. It's fine. Right. <laughs> and so part of, part of my lung collapsing was, was honestly from the stress of that trauma um, and kind of the fallout over okay. the next year. And got to this point of, you know, it, my, my, my name on my handle on um, Twitter is Joy Protocol. And the big idea with that is that there are things you can do on purpose to be happy. And so for me, I got to this point in my life where I was in so much pain that I couldn't escape it. I couldn't run from it. You know, like the, the old things that I would do to kind of like numb out from my life, like video games right. and have a couple beers at night. And the, like they just didn't do it. They didn't work. Right. They didn't work. And so here I am and my wife and I have two boys and I was like, well, even if I could like numb out completely, that's not really an option. And also to, to do that and also be a good dad. And so I came up with like, I just started studying, like, what do other people do? Like what, how, what have other people done like to get themselves to a point where they're okay. And hmm. one of them was exercise. And I never, i had never exercised consistently. I was like, <laughs> swim captain way back in high school but that was you know like so 25 years ago i would i would do stuff regularly right and i was like okay well you can you can exercise um and then with the exercise like i started running you know i'd run and then i'd take like four days off and then i'd run again and it'd be just as hard every single time and and then you know i came upon this idea of consistency that if I can take these different things that are gonna make an actual difference, running, community, meditation, daily walks, like they're good, 
But if I can add the ingredient of consistency to them, then they can actually change who I am on the inside. And so the the four by 48 challenge was really like really kind of a culmination of that, of like, I, I don't actually like running that much. <laughs> like it's, 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 you know, I don't you know, know many people who do. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I enjoy the benefits of it, though. I enjoy the freedom right. that it gives me and I enjoy the mindset that it gives me. So that, that's what that whole challenge was about and, and why I did it. Hmm. So, and you know, you talked about your Twitter handle and that was like one of the first things I, I forget how we first interacted. I, I don't know, but I just remember like yeah. at one point I was your 10,000th follower. So I was like pretty excited. That's right. That. <laughs> yes. That was a big day. <laughs> So thanks, Ben. I probably still I'd probably still be at nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine if you hadn't come along. So I appreciate it. <laughs> right, I'm I'm sure I was the tipping point. But but your Twitter handle of Joy Protocol, you know, when I think of as a software developer, when I think of protocols, you know, I'm it's just like this is a a way in which you orient information in order to transmit it to a certain place and and things like that. Yes. Um, how did you arrive on that name and? And what does it look like in practice in your own life and as you kind of teach it to other people? Yeah, great question. So, you know, I, I've got to give credit to my wife. She's actually the one that came up with the name. And my my original name was like Cistern Space. And I thought it was really cool, like this well of <laughs> this well of deep water. And I I like had it on my, you know, ask for feedback because I had it as my profile for like right. six months. And when I finally had the guest to ask somebody what they thought of it, they're like, oh, yeah, it makes me think of a toilet. I was like, gosh, that's not that's not where I go here. Um, And so it's kind of like as I was thinking about this combination of, okay, what, you know, like I I want to I want to work for myself. I was I was still coaching with the company at this time, but I was like, okay, I want to work for myself. And I want to shift my mindset because like this, this, this way I've been living just isn't going to cut it. It's not going to help me move out of this place I'm in. Um, and then I was setting all these different like personal growth habits and strategies. And, and she's like, well, it, you know, it's almost like it's some kind of joy protocol. And I was like, there we go. <laughs> right. So, so it's my <laughs> wife, cool. it's my, my wife gets hundred percent of the credit on this. Um, and the, the big picture view Craig, is this design the life that you want and then give your uh, use gratitude to make a shift to a point where you can actually take action toward that life before you actually have all the pieces in place. And then the third piece is you give yourself evidence of that new identity. And, and this, you know, so for each person that I work with, um, you know, it, it comes out in different ways. For for me, there are like some pretty specific things around like having a like a, I do like a mental priming protocol in the mornings. I do a daily walk. I, I have like a driving force document that I, I have all these little pieces that I use. Um, and so when I work with somebody, I introduce the things that work for me, but it has to be adapted. It has to be kind of um, right. tailored to somebody's unique, you know, somebody might not care about running at all. They might, that for them, it might be like weightlifting or it might just be yoga or it might, you know, so, but the idea is backwards plan who you want to be, like figure out who you want to be and then backwards plan the steps to get you there. And then if you just get into motion, because the thing is like the body is anti-fragile, the mind is anti-fragile, which means that the more stress you put on it, it doesn't like it breaks down temporarily, but that is how we grow. 
right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, your your muscles don't care if you were like excited to go to the gym that day, right? If you're like really <laughs> amped up, like yeah, I'm gonna go, you know, set a PR, or if you're just like, oh man, do I have to? It doesn't matter if you go and you pick up a 20 pound weight and you you lift it a bunch of times and you put that thing down. There is a process that happens from that action. And the same is true with, with our internal state, that when you go through a certain process, right, when you go through the process of starting conversations and getting into community, and now you have an interpersonal connection, even if you didn't really want to do that, there is a benefit that you get from that connection. And so that, that's, that's, you know, that, that's kind of a top-down view of, of what the JOY protocol is. Like, design who you want to be. Use gratitude to put yourself in the mindset where you can take action and then like let the evidence start to stack. And that shifts your identity. And when your identity shifts, then it becomes easy. So this, this sounds like the thing that makes me, that it reminds me of is like, be, do, have, yes. like the most practical way. Yeah, absolutely. So so it sounds like you have all this the structure set up and I'm curious, I want to dig into gratitude just a little bit. Okay. Because I think that's something that is fashionable for people to talk about on Twitter and in, in, in a lot of social circles. But I think oftentimes people have a hard time with it. You know, even in the, the world in which we live, um, where a lot of people enjoy a lot of privilege and a lot of advantage and a lot of wealth. Um, I think it's sometimes difficult for individuals to sort of get in tune with how to be grateful. So I'm just curious, like, how does that work for you? Like, what have you found other than just being like, oh, I'm really glad my heart's beating today. What what does that look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Really good question. Um, There, (laughs) the idea here is that, again, like you have to start before you're ready. Okay. And I, I think of everything as a skill that can be developed. Everything is a skill. And, and how do you develop something? Well, number one, you decide that you want to do it. Okay. You don't have to have motivation to do it. You just have to have the decision. And that's an important um, switch here. Because like so often, if you don't separate those, then it can feel like, oh, you know, I want, do I want to do this thing or do I not want to do it? I'm not really sure because I don't feel like doing it. And if you can pull those apart and, and say, I want to do this, even though I don't feel like doing this, then you can put something in place to get there. Right. And so my approach to happiness and, and, and gratitude, by the way, in my mind is like, I think of it as like a slow smiling giant, that it is so powerful <laughs> that it's this emotion that... um it's like oil and water. You, you cannot simultaneously feel gratitude and resentment. You can't simultaneously feel gratitude and feel um, like anger or bitterness or, you know. And so what that means then is, well, what if you could on purpose get to a point of feeling gratitude? What would that do? What would, you know, how would that shift the way that you're feeling? And then if you shift the way you're feeling, then what could you, then, then you have the motivation. Right. So this is this is literally a way to give yourself motivation to do something, even if you don't really want to in the beginning. Okay, so really, I'll just run through the through the strategy really quickly. 
This is the number one thing that I tell like every human being that I talk to, because for me, this is what this is what made the shift. And it, and it gave me like hope when I was in the state of really deep trauma and, and, and being basically at like the bottom of this black well. Right. Hmm. And so um, this is really the, the sister in space. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Maybe I'll do like, no, I'm never going to switch my name back, but you know, <laughs> okay, so we start at ground level, right? You start at ground level and, um, you don't jump right. You know, if, if you go through something hard and, you know, like if you go through something, not just like difficult, but something that is truly traumatizing and tragic and someone comes to you and they're like, well, don't, you know, don't worry. Everything works toward good. You just, you just want to punch that person in the face, right? It, it's not actually, it's not actually helpful, but, but it is, it is still true that things can work toward good if you have the filter and the ability to see it. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do is we want to start at a really neutral place and get yourself into a mindset where you're seeing the other side of each challenge that you're going through, because there is no, you know, again, you don't go to the gym to get like a, a shoulder massage and like take selfies of yourself in the mirror. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe some people do, but like that doesn't actually have lasting I feel change so right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, what has changed though, is if you go and you put yourself into an intentional state of difficulty and then your body responds, your mind responds, you become stronger and you become a little bit more capable the next time. Right. Hmm. In other words, every challenge it's, it's not, just difficult the end it's difficult and if you endure then it becomes a good thing okay so let me run through it you start at ground level you know we started like literally we do some grounding and i like to run through the senses so um five things that you see and i literally mean like green grass white 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 wall blue sky don't (laughs) overcomplicate it right so you do five senses four things that you can hear three things that you can feel, two things that you can smell, one thing that you can touch, right? So five, four, three, two, one. And what that does is it, is it draws you into the present moment, right? You, you can't be, you know, thinking about all your anxiety about your work project or your relationship or, you know, what happens if my son um, does this in 10 years and flunks out of college. Like we get down these crazy, like, has of anxiety and almost always it's because we're not here now. And so the idea is that this present moment is actually the only aspect of consciousness we really get to experience. And, you know, yes, there's a past. Yes, there's a future. But even the past and future, they're just other versions of the present moment. We've either experienced that present or we're going to. So when you go through this intentional grounding, it pulls you into the moment. And then you're like, oh, my God, like, oh, there's like a bird chirping. Like there's like sun feels pretty good on my skin. And you start to remember like, oh, yeah, like. Like life's actually pretty good. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. all this stuff that I'm anxious about and there's a war in another country and the the economy is like, hang on, hang on. Like, like, remember where you are. And then we start to take these steps up toward the challenge. So the first step you take is what is something that you can immediately be grateful for? And just really, really simple. And it's sort of like, well, you notice, you notice that the grass is green. Um, 
what would it be like to maybe be be grateful that that bird is singing right there? Or what would it be like to be grateful for that sunset you saw last night? So something that's really simple to buy in, something that's connected to your immediate senses. And I like to do it like just something within the last day, right? Right. Okay. That, so now you have some buy-in. Now you're in this movement toward gratitude. The next step, you think of something meaningful. Well, if you can be grateful for like the sun on your skin, could you, could you maybe be grateful for that conversation you had with your wife or getting a little bit of time to play with your kids or that progress you made on this project that, that you know, could set you up for a better place in the future, right? And then the third step, because now we're, now we're in a state where we're being grateful for good things in our life that matter. And we've shifted from focusing on things that don't matter from non-essentials to the essentials. And then that last piece, we just say, well, what, what scares me right now? Like, what mm. is difficult in my life? Because so often, Craig, we use fear to tell us to what, what to run away from. But you can flip the script and you can use fear to just go the other direction of that compass and tell you what to run toward. Because if it scares you, what that means is that this is an area where there's some kind of tension, there's some kind of misalignment. And if you endure in that area and grow through it, you become a healthier, happier, stronger person. So we say, what scares me? You just sit with it for 10 seconds. And then you ask the follow-up question, how will this make me better? How will, how will it strengthen me to go through this? And when you do that, you become unstoppable because every <laughs> single thing that's in your way becomes now something that is like for you, right? And this is, this is the whole idea of what stands in the way becomes the way, becomes the way, becomes the way, becomes the way. Yeah. What stands in the way becomes the way. That's really cool. Yeah. Everything that you described, like it's, it's really hitting me because it's, it's interesting because when you think about fears and you think about overcoming obstacles, I think perhaps part of the problem that we as individuals have, is like, maybe since we don't go through all those steps that you just listed and what you do is you just face that giant looking it straight in the eyes and then mm. you blink. Right. Because it's it, overwhel- it like gets overwhelming. Right. Yeah. It's, it's too formidable of a foe. Right. So I, I, that's, I don't know that uh, what you described just sounds really incredible. And I'm curious, is this something that you do on a monthly basis? It, it seems like maybe if you did it daily, it would tend to lose its luster a little bit. So mm. how great, often is that Great question. I do it every single morning. And if it's a tough oh, day, wow. I do it every single hour. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I, t- I talked a lot, but let me just run through it even faster. Ground right. yourself something you're immediately grateful for, something that matters, how the challenge is going to grow you. And so I'll do that. Like if I don't have time, if I'm running late or whatever, and don't have time for like a whole like mental priming protocol, you can do that. I can do this like on the walk to the car or like right. as I'm sitting down, I'm about to open up Twitter. Hang on. I'm, I'm like kind of in a weird state. Let me just close my eyes for a second. I'm going to grounding something. Let's go. Right. And, it, and it's just that and the more you do it, the more it becomes a habit. And when it becomes a habit, it, it's, it's just like any other muscle. You get stronger. Mm-hmm. It. That's awesome. So I, I, th- this sounds like it has application like everywhere. Right. I mean, this, mm-hmm. is, this will help you in relationships. It's going to help you 
it sounds like it'll even help you be more productive in, in your work yes, life as well. Like have you found that? It, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, I'm, I'm also a teaching background and, and just, I love like the personal growth stuff. So all the product productivity sides of things, I'm really big on that as well. Um, and this is, this is kind of where there's some crossover between like the internal emotional regulation and the external productivity and, and doing stuff, right? Because, you know, I like, to, I like to say that like, it doesn't matter how smart you are. If you don't produce, you won't thrive. And for me, I, I could just sit in my head all day and like go enjoy nature and like write some really clever things down and get to the end of my day and have done nothing. Right. And that would be right. I'd be fine with that. Um, right. But unfortunately, that doesn't that doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't give you um, it, it doesn't give you the progress that you need. And so what this does, Greg, so much of our time is wasted running away from the few things that we actually need to do. And so what this does is when you, when you adopt this mindset of gratitude, even not, not even for the difficult things, but especially for the difficult things, then it allows you to move toward the things that are going to grow you the most. Cause we're not, we're not afraid of the things that are easy for us. We're afraid of the right. things that are hard. And if they're hard, there's probably something there to address. Right. It's so counterintuitive. I mean, especially yeah. in our culture of comfort and convenience, it's like as soon as something gets hard, it's like I'll deal with that later, right. and then later never comes. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think that the comfort zone is like a cool place to hang out. Um, I just don't think you should live there, right? It's, it's like the right. sofa. Like it's, and because there's this, you know, on Twitter especially, it's like go hard, go hard, and I, I do that. Like that's I, I say that too. But I think we can almost get to this point where we're thinking of the comfort zone, like, oh, I'm either in the comfort zone and I'm avoiding pain or I'm all about discomfort and I never, I never eat ice cream. And I, and, you know, I, I <laughs> put rocks in my shoes before. So like right. you, you can go to the other extreme too, right. but think about it. Like you've got a, you've got a couch in your living room. It's really comfortable. And there's a little blanket and a pillow and like, wouldn't it be nice to like once in a while sit down on that thing? Absolutely. That's why you bought the couch. But if you right. just sleep on your couch all day and you never get up, like, you, right. you know, then there's problems. It's, it's, <laughs> then there's problems. And like, you know, your wife, your kid, your wife and kids kind of like look at you weird and, and then you lose your job and um, things go, things go south. So, but, it, right. but it's really nice to have this place where you can go and rest. And I think that that's such an important thing that part of leaning into discomfort and pain and challenge is also stepping away from it. There's this cycle of rupture and repair that is inherent in the growth of every single thing in the universe. Everything breaks, not just to break, but to be built up again stronger, right? This is how plants grow. This is how we grow. And so if you can kind of embrace that, like, oh man, I'm like, I'm studying marketing or I'm studying copywriting or, you know, whatever the thing is I'm doing, step into it. You allow yourself to feel the frustration and anxiety or whatever from it. And then you step away from that thing and you, you mm -hmm. go, you know, you go outside or you go play with your kids or you watch a movie or, you know, you, you, you do something that's just kind of restful and then you come back to it. And this is how you win. You just don't give up. And when I say don't give up, it doesn't mean like persist at the thing until you finally, you know, finally get it. It means persist, 
rest, persist, rest, mm. persist. You have to have that cycle or else you just get fatigued. But if right. you rest and then come back to it, well, then you come back to it a little bit stronger than before. And eventually that, that compounds into exponential growth. Right. Huh. Okay. So we are facing our biggest fears and our biggest challenges dead in the eye. Right in the eye. Man. That, right in the eye. <laughs> so how, how does this affect your like, perspective on dealing with failure and risk? Especially yeah. in a professional setting, one of the things that we all talk about and want to do is, and, and this is like, you know, projects and, and, and marketing campaigns or whatever you want to put in the bucket, like fail fast, right? Figure out what doesn't work. Um, but as you're going through that process, sometimes that failure can become a little more personal. Mm-hmm. So how, is this all just part of that same process or do you, do you uh, deal with that in a different way? You know, I think, um, well, let me start by saying that I've, I've failed a lot, a lot of different things in my life. And, you know, you can think of it as failure or you can think of them as lessons and wins. And, and, you know, if you think of like old video games, like think of like, uh, the old Super Mario brothers and stuff. They didn't have a save, right? If, you, if you're playing right. this game and you die, you're just sort of like, okay, well, I guess not. There's my you start over at the beginning, right? And with those, with those types of games, it's like, well, the only way to win is to not quit. And the only way mm-hmm. to lose at that game is to quit. Because you're going to fall into the pit. The Goomba's going to get you or whatever it might be. And... Um, and so you, you can kind of approach this as the mindset, like not quitting doesn't mean like being just bullheaded and stubborn. I think a little dash of stubbornness is good, but you can pivot. You can, you can shift direction. You can choose a different strategy. You can, you can choose a different connection or whatever it might be. But as long as you keep moving toward north, as long as you have that end destination that you keep moving toward, then then you will get there eventually. It, it, you know, so I like to, I like the idea of detaching from the results, um, except to use them as data um, and really focusing on the process. And, you know, let's just think of this in the term, in terms of like Twitter. And this works for business too, by the way. Um, but like you, when I started on Twitter, I, I didn't know how to write. I had, I had no idea what like a funnel, like a marketing funnel was or like <laughs> right. the word offer, you know, I, I, I didn't know. So there's all these pieces that were just so foreign. And, you know, I kind of started dinking around and, um, and I'd get like one or two likes and like, and you know, that was like, okay, I feel kind of bad about that. Cause I spent 15 minutes writing that tweet and it was really good. And they just don't know <laughs> what they're missing out. And, and then, you know, that combined with <laughs> that combined with some of like the, the emotional pain that I was in at the time, um, I would, I would like go, go, go for, you know, five or six days. And then I take like three days and just not show up at all. I just wouldn't post anything. And it was just like, kind of like I had this pain around failure that was misplaced, right? I was seeing failure as a reflection on who I was rather than as part of the process. 
But in other words, if you want to learn something new, you and I both stand on the shoulders of giants, right? We, we both stand on the shoulders of people who came before us in our respective fields and we learn from them. But for you to be an entrepreneur, for you to build a business where you're working for yourself, you have to create something that's never existed before. And that can be right. really, really scary, but it also has a lot of opportunity in it, right? And so what we do is we, 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 you know, you do things that work and then through the process of failure and, and putting things out there and, and having like, oh, I, I wrote this thing. Nobody liked it. You know, they sent me hate mail, like don't ever write that to me, you know, but through that process, we can kind of say, okay, well, well, what, what needs to change? Maybe I, maybe it's the formatting that's different. Maybe it's a, just a different idea. Maybe it's this or this. And through that process and, and like strategies that work from, you know, people who have come before and through kind of experimenting with ours, that's how we find our unique voice. And when it comes to business, the exact same thing. That's how you find your unique offer. And ultimately, you know, I, what I encourage everyone to do is to keep going until you become a niche of one out of one. Right. Because, you know, for, for example, like I, I coach people on business, you do course creation. Are there other coaches? Are there other course creators? Yes. But there's only one Craig Shoemaker and there's only one Ben Bethay. And so when we take all of our experiences and our abilities and our interests and our skills, and we combine those into a unique way of implementing, there is no competition. It then just becomes a choice of like, is this the right person who can help me get from A to B or would somebody, or do I want to go with, you know, is did I just not want to do that thing. So, um, right. yeah, I, I, you know, we, we want to come in like intimate with failure. And, and the more you can kind of disconnect <laughs> from it, um, um, the better, I think. Hmm. Well, I, I don't want to belabor the negative too much, but one, one other thing occurs to me, and, and then we'll talk about the light at the end of the tunnel. And that is, mm -hmm. uh, you've worked with a lot of different people in a lot of different contexts. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious when it, when it, it were, when you're thinking about failures and you're talking about entrepreneurship specifically, because that takes a grit, it takes a mindset, and it takes yeah. a drive that not everyone has. And I'm just curious, like, are there elements of self-sabotage that you see that kind of come to bay at times? That's a really good question. Um, and, and yes, absolutely. I think that we all have a tendency to self-sabotage. And I think that that comes actually from... A, a part of us that wants to protect us. The, the idea that, you know, you can kind of think it like, I'll talk about ego sometimes, other people too, and, and it can kind of get, kind of get a bad rap. Like, oh, if you have ego, you're kind of a jerk. And it's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> let's maybe think of it like this. You, you do have an ego, um, but it's not all of you. And I think, I think it's useful to think of ego as the part of us that operates in this material world the part of us that's that like wants to win and and wants to wants to compete and wants to build something and wants to have like some recognition and those aren't bad things but it can't be all of us right because the other part of us like our deeper self is this part of you know when you when you go out on for me i, I love being out in nature solitude and whatnot and sitting on the side of the lake and like things are peaceful and still and you just feel like centered and connected. That's self, 
right? And it's the part of us that we all share. It's the same spark that every single one of us has. And that's for me, like, that's why I love Twitter because it's, you know, this is global community, global connection. And I can get on a call with somebody anywhere on the planet. And I already know that we share something. It doesn't matter what, what the cultural differences are. It doesn't matter what, like, the job differences are, how old we are. We both have this common spark of humanity. And that's, the, you know, that's a really beautiful thing. And it doesn't really make any money, right? <laughs> so, so, so we need, you know, and I always say like it's you versus you, but it can get to a point where it's you with you, all right? We can get to a point where we have this really deep part of us that is like our consciousness and we like to explore who we are and, and just be in the moment. And we also have this part of us that, you know, wants to go do push-ups and like do do hard things and like be competitive right. and like watch this, you know, watch sports or whatever. We can combine those two and actually use the ego to help us move forward. But it's important to kind of have an understanding of it first because what the ego will do, the ego has no interest in you being successful. The ego has interest in you being safe. And what is the best way to keep somebody safe? Well, you strap them down with a seatbelt and you wrap bubble wrap around them and you don't let them do anything ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Take no risk whatsoever. Yeah. And so, so the ego can, can both sometimes be like, the ego is always seeking to protect us. That's, you know, anybody who has, has like negative talk towards someone else, like it's, it's a reflection on them, right? They're, they want to protect themselves by eliminating any threats to, to their mm -hmm. identity. Um, and, you know, when it comes to business, this is how we self-sabotage that if I want to build this thing and I know that if I build this thing, it will give me an avenue where I can genuinely help people and that doing that will also genuinely help me. This is this is a win win. And so it's like, well, but but why am I then like, you know, telling myself that I'm too tired and scrolling on Twitter and doing nothing instead of actually building something on Twitter? Right. Well, it's because. If you take that risk and you build something, then there's also a chance of failure. And if we have an understanding of failure as just a painful thing, then we run from it. And this is why, and this is, this is I, I hope, kind of the tie of it all together, that if we get to this point where we are leaning in, where we redefine how we see failure and we choose to lean into it as a way that can grow us, then it shifts what the ego does. We can kind of we can kind of call out when it starts to create resistance. Like, oh no, like just uh, you you know you really deserve a little bit of time to just go like you know watch watch TV for you know instead of instead of working on the project for this hour. Tomorrow you'll do it. Tomorrow you'll do it. Right, right. And all that is it's just it's just an attempt to protect us from potential risk. And so if we shift our mindset and say no, like. We kind of, this is where self-compassion is important too. We can say, you know, like, this is, this is the feeling of fear. This is the feeling of, um, you know, anxiety around what might happen if I do this thing. And you sit with it. You have compassion toward yourself the same way that if you're, you know, if your son or daughter came with like, dad, I'm, I'm scared about this thing. You know, you say, oh, let me just, let me just hold you for a minute. Right. And then you push them on to go do it anyway. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so we kind of want to have a bit of compassion with the part of us that wants to self-sabotage and wants to prevent us from doing anything that's scary, but then also have, um, you know, some systems and things that can really help, but to have, have a, a drive to move toward that thing anyway. And I, I think that's how we neutralize awesome. self-sabotage. Man, Benjamin, you've, the, all of this has been incredible. Um, like really, I feel like I, I hope people who are listening and watching get a lot of this. Cause I know I certainly have. And Thanks, man. one of the things, yeah. And, and one of the things I like to do is, is end each show with getting like really practical about things. And so we, we've talked a, lo- a lot about emotions and, and kind of how to deal with stuff. But when it comes to applying this specifically in like a, a business sort of context, what are like three things you'd like to leave people with? Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a great question because one one danger with personal development is that it can detract you from the really tangible process of actually making money, right? And in other words, you you can be so invested in like the strategies around living a life of freedom that you never actually get to the point of being able to live a life of freedom. Being free, so, right? <laughs> I, of course, exactly. So, um, you know, one, one the thing that I would really encourage everyone to do is start, you know, backwards plan, but think of like, ask yourself the question, how am I going to monetize? How am I going to actually make money here? And I actually think that it's highly ethical to monetize your work because if you do, you give yourself a metric of return that is stable. Because, you know, if you're building on Twitter, you get likes and retweets and comments, and those provide dopamine. But when things get really hard, they are not enough to keep you from burning out. But if you have figured out a way to do that stuff and have fun with it, but to also make money and help other people, then when you have a tough day, it's not just about the the, the engagement or whatever. It's about providing for your family. And that is a driver that will see you through like the dark nights that engagement just won't. So, um, you know, I kind of, kind of break it down. You really need to do three things. I'm just going to run through these here really quickly. Number one, you need to start. Number two, you need to create an <laughs> offer. And number three, you need to start conversations. And so the, the idea, I'm going to kind of machine gun through these really quickly here. But to start, you, you just, you, you got to have a bit of a dream. You know, you, you have to want to live a different life than you are currently living. And if you have that desire, if you have that spark, then you can make a shift. But it has to start there. So you have to have the desire, first of all. And the second thing is you have to make a decision to do something about it. Right. And from there, you can do things like you can you can get outside perspectives. You can get into conversations like we're having. You can hire a coach. You can take a course. You can do things. And but if you have if you have made the decision to be successful, then it doesn't matter if you go buy some course or go work with somebody and they don't give you the result that you want. It might be annoying. It might be frustrating. But the decision (laughs) hasn't changed. Right. But if you approach it like, let me work with this person. Oh, it didn't work out. I guess this life isn't for me. The market will chew you up and spit you out. You have to have a decision to become successful no matter what it takes. Right. And then that second piece, you know, and and this is also where the things that we've been talking about 
come into play. The emotional regulation, the being able to shift your mindset on purpose, the, you know, all these pieces, they allow you to actually do the work. And when it comes right. to creating an offer, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into this, but you really want to identify like who you are, what are your strengths? And this is why I use the strengths finder so that we can kind of build something that's based out of who you are. And there's other ways to do it too, of course, but <clears throat> figure out what are your strengths? Like, what are you, what are you actually good at? And then what does the market want? And this, this can be hard and this is where you are <laughs> going to run into failure and you're going to try something and, oh, it doesn't work at all. Nobody wants this because sometimes you're good at something, but nobody wants to buy it. <laughs> and other times, right. um, you know, you, you so you have to find that you have to find this blend where your skill and what people actually need connect. And, and then you add in all of your unique personality pieces and you've got an actual offer. And then once you have that in place, you have to do something about it. <laughs> I, I, for so long, I was like writing tweets and doing this and conversations. And I was like, man, why is nobody buying anything from me? He's like, well, right. you haven't, you haven't told anybody that you have something <laughs> they could buy. Right. So you right. have to, you have to have, you have to just make the choice. Like, Hey, I've got this thing that's valuable. And there's inbound and outbound um, traffic here. You can you can create things that bring people to you, but you also need to be putting yourself out there. Like start a lot of conversations and don't let your ego stop you when 90% of them don't really care what you have to say. Because 10% of them will care what you have to say. And out of that, 10% of that was that. So like 1% will be the right fit and you'll work with that person and you'll make money and you'll say, oh my God, if I can do this once, I can do it a hundred times. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for, for joining. This has been an incredible time. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad we got to do this, Craig. It's a long time coming and man, you're you're like a fantastic host. So thank you so much for having me on here. <laughs> Thanks. Well, we'll have to definitely do this again. So we'll, we'll make sure that happens. Absolutely. My pleasure. Hey, thanks so much for being a part of the show. Let's continue this conversation. Feel free to connect with me on Twitter where I'm at Craig Shoemaker. So go out and have an amazing day. I hope you get a chance to find someone to love, find someone to forgive and find someone to encourage because we are most certainly not in this alone. And I'll see you again here soon on the Leverage 3 podcast.